Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live Presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer. Yay! I look Yay. forward. I look forward to Tuesday every week. It's just like those seven days take so long. We had such an amazing conversation last week on obedience, and we took some little exes and just had a. Oh, it was so amazing! I was so deeply, deeply blessed and inspired by it. So, guess what? We're going to continue that conversation today with our very own spiritual personal guru, coach guru, and that is Michael Farmer. Hi, Michael. Hello, Miss Loretta. How is everything going on this morning, man? I am chomping at the bit. Ready to get into it. <laughs> well, you're off, Michael. The gates are open and you are welcome <laughs> to proceed forward at whatever speed you like. <laughs> I am I I'm just excited about just Christianity. It just I'm more and more it's been it's becoming real to me that, you know, Christianity is not just a religion that we practice, but it's a lifestyle that we live. And man, it is it's good. That's all I can say. It is really, really good. You know, you have your peaks <laughs> and your valleys, as we talked about on last week, but all in all, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So I just thank God for Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so you want to give us a, because I know I was talking to you prior to the show, and I was feeling a little tired, and I said, okay, I'm just going to get through this today, and hopefully, you know, my help going to come somewhere um, during this conversation, but you were so excited, just like a little kid getting to go to the fairgrounds or something, and so that that was kind of contagious. So I'm smiling a little harder now, a little wider, a little more. So I, I'm just excited about what's going to be said, what's going to be shared, and the way on which it will be delivered today. And I pray, okay. I pray, out of all our shows, today will be um, one of the greatest ever for people that are tuning in, that are listening, and who will come back. And um, listen to the archives again and again. May um, the Lord move in a way that has not happened before. And that is certainly true. But before we get started, excuse me, on the lesson today, I really want to just uh, encourage those listeners who have been laboring, you know, in the Lord and laboring before the Lord, and you have sacrificed so much over the years and. You you are at that brink where you said, "Man, is it is this really worth it? Is this thing really real?" Well, I'm I'm here to testify to you that it is real. And just always picture yourself. So when you're about to give up, just think about, "Man, I am one inch from the finish line." So always uh, always look to Jesus, as the scripture says, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And and that's what the scripture actually deals with. It talks about a race and. Uh, keeping your eyes on Jesus, who who's always at the finish line, uh, waiting for you to come and reap your rewards. So just just hang in there. You know, it, the times get tough, but when we all, when it's all said and done, we the, the good times far outweigh those valley times, but the valley times are necessary to, to build your character and, and your hope and your endurance. And so all, all those things are necessary for life. All these things go together for your good. So I, I just want to encourage you on this morning uh, to keep the faith. And as I said uh, when we opened the show, you know, see Christianity as not a religion just that you practice, but it's a lifestyle that you live. 
And if you can hold on to that word until you see the manifestation, I promise you when you get to the end, you'll be all smiles. So that's why I want to say before we get started on the lesson on today on the effects of obedience. Anything you want to interject, uh, Loretta, before we get into the lesson? Yeah, I was. I can't remember what I was reading, but this was yesterday, and um, you know, I go through those moments too when nothing really has changed. But something sometimes I just get like the blahs, and I don't know what causes. Maybe it's you know God trying to just keep me still so He can work on something. I don't need to be trying to mess something up or manipulate it to happen like I want it when I want it. And so it was. The message was um, just praise to God. God, do it again because He's done it for you before. I mean, I know there's not a person that's listening that God has not turned things around for you, maybe not the way you wanted and maybe sometimes greater than you thought. But just pray, um, and that's my prayer today, Lord, do it again. <laughs> Can you do it again? And he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. So just, uh, well, you know something, while it's just, just fresh in my mind, I, I want to just give you give you some word to stand on because that's what his word is what lasts far into mm-hmm. eternity. So I just want to give you a word to uh stand on. And and it's a very familiar passage, but sometimes you have to go back to what's familiar. Sometimes you have to go back then and realize that one plus one is really two. Uh so mm-hmm. we're going to look at Galatians six. And seven says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. It's talking about mankind there. It's not talking about gender. Mm-hmm. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap and eternal life. Verse 9. And so it's connecting all this. All this is connected together. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not grow weary. Verse 10 is the clincher. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So when you feel yourself getting weary, kind of go to that verse and see, and now am I doing everything here? You know, after, you know, am I continuing to uh, do good even though I feel like just caving in and quitting and losing heart? And am I also doing good to those who will have like precious faith that I have? And mm-hmm. if all those variables are in place, then just stand. Stand and... Be the salvation of the Lord today in your life. So be encouraged. That's, that's, that's my word before we get into the lesson on the effects of obedience, which I'll basically ties into what we're talking about. Yeah. And last week we started on the effects of obedience, and it was seven of those. And I'm just going to recap the four that we did on uh, last week, which was uh, one effect of Obedience was an increase in faith, which was found in Luke 17. Uh, it was also faith. One effect of obedience is that it causes pleasure to God, which is found in Hebrews 11. Verse, I mean, uh, number three is it causes us to be friends or to have a friendship with 
God and Jesus, which is found in John 15 and 14. And it also brings forth his revelation in our lives, which is found in 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. Now, today we're going to talk about the last three, which is righteousness, exaltation, and blessing. So let's get into it. You ready, Loretta? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm I'm back to my paper Bible again, so we're going to start in Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. Doing pretty good today so far. I'm starting off giving a chapter and verse right off the bat. I know it. Last week I was just giving chapter and leaving everybody. I didn't say it. So I got together. That's because you got been so excited. You, you just ready to share it just to, just to release it because you know once it's released to us what the, pow- the power that it has to transform and to um, reveal. So I know that's what's going on. <laughs> Well, you know, so let's let's start with verse eighteen because I want I want to do this compare and contrast here. Uh, so the uh, number five is the one the one effect of obedience is that it effectuates righteousness in your life. So then, uh, verse eighteen says, "So then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness." There resulted justification of life to all men. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard uh-huh. today, so just, just follow along with me. It all says the same thing. Verse 19 is what we want to hone in on. And it says, For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. And of course, you know, we, that's making reference to Adam. Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many, will be made righteous. So there it is. Mm-hmm. So through one person's obedience it it effectuated righteousness or that right standing or that or that justification. Verse eight says justification of life to all men. So it's not just so just when you look at righteousness, just think about this righteousness is what going to lead to that abundant life that God has talked about, having that abundant life. And not just financially, but in every realm of life, there's an abundance of his presence, abundance of his joy, abundance of his peace. And and what people are definitely looking for in this day and time is definitely peace, and it's definitely something that you cannot purchase. Uh, <laughs> you cannot purchase it. Sorry, you cannot it's, purchase it's it, but been, it is. It's yeah. already been purchased. It's been purchased with his blood, so you have to you have to go through the door which he says to go through to have access to it. And that door is the door, Jesus Christ. Only way to the Father. I firmly believe that. So that was number five is is righteousness. Well let's look at one more verse. Uh go to six and sixteen. Same chapter, Romans six and sixteen. Romans 6 and 16. Okay. Well, back up to 15. It says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? 
either offend, resulting in death, or of obedience, resulting in righteousness. Let me read that verse 16 again. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. So you have two choices to make. Am I going to choose sin, which is going to lead to death, as the Bible says, the ways of sin is death, or am I going to choose obedience, which is going to result in righteousness? Always having that sense of right standing before God. It's, just, it's nothing, no worse than always just walking around and not knowing whether you're right in God's eyes. That that is a that is a very punishing thought. So, so if you are not practicing sin, then you don't have to worry about walking in that mindset. But if you're obeying his word, written, spoken, and revealed, it results in you walking in that state of righteousness. So that's what number so number five is righteousness. One of the effects of obedience is righteousness. And everybody wants to be righteous. We just sometimes walk in our own righteousness, which he warrants against. But we want to walk in the righteousness that Jesus purchased for us when he died on Calvary. Number six, almost finished with this, is exaltation or promotion. I'm going to use the word that we, we like, promotion. And that's found in Philippians 2. So go over to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to find a good starting point here. <laughs> and we're going to start at verse number 1, because we, we have time. We, we have three that we're going to do today, so we have time today to kind of hang around these three, and, and, and this is probably one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible because it, it, it talks about the humanity of Jesus, and it, yeah. it, it makes it, it shows you that, that you can do this too. You can't just put Jesus way up here and say, well, he did that because he was God. No, he did this as a man, and that's what this, this verse shows you. And then it shows you the result of that. So so that's what we're going to uh, delve into in here in just one second. Okay. You got chapter two? Chapter and we're going to start at verse one. That. We're going to start at verse one. Right. Verse one, starting at the top, and we're going to work our way down. Mm-hmm. And it says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. And this is Paul's exhortation to the church toward unity. And then he's going to go on and expound why we should do it. And it says, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Very important point there. 
if that's and 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 I'm not a big advocate of the term self-esteem because it it kind of goes against what the Bible talks about. Now don't don't no don't pick up your rock and don't hang up. Just just hear me out. <laughs> just, just hear me out. I'm not an advocate of the term T E R M or the coinage self-esteem because it puts too much focus on self, and God never intended us to focus so much on self. Mm-hmm. Whether low, whether low self-esteem or high self-esteem, it's still focused on self. So I'm going to, and I, and this example I'm going to use. For instance, if I follow this scripture, my job is to esteem Loretta better than myself. And it is Loretta's job to esteem me better than herself. Now, if you look at that transaction, we both now have been esteemed. Right. We have been regarded better than someone else. You don't have to do it by yourself. And and that's his, this is his exhortation about the body of Christ, and, and we are very far from practicing this in church. It's, it's more competition in the body of Christ than anything, and it's, and it's, and it's cancerous to the body. I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to get out of that mindset that one is better than the other, one denomination is better, one church is better, one the size of the church makes makes a difference. And, and when we know God is not into numbers. God had, there were hundreds of, well, I think there were thousands of people that were following Jesus. And when he told them to commit, he looked around and there were only 12 standing. So he's not concerned with numbers. With Gideon, there were hundreds, there were thousands that started out. <laughs> and God told him he had too many. And he eventually yeah, ended up with how many? Just 300. Just a few, just a few hundred. Yeah, 300, I 300 yeah, uh-huh. So, so God is not into the numbers game, and you know I'm I'm just on the soapbox right here now, and I don't, you know, and I and I don't do that much, but you know this is something we have to begin to practice in the body of Christ because we are members one of another. Okay, verse number four says, "Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others." There it goes again, not focusing on self. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. So now, who who had that attitude? Christ Jesus. Jesus, Jesus had that attitude, and we always sing the song. You know, I I, I want to be like Jesus, more like Him every day. Well, this is one way that we can be like Him: is esteeming or regarding others as more important than ourselves, and looking out for the person of interest of others, and not just the person of interest of self. He, he did. He demonstrated all that for us. So he, he left us a very good example to follow, and we just have to act on it. Yes, he did. There's no guessing. There's no guessing. There's you no don't guessing. have to guess. No, <laughs> so but now we've been getting to the meat of it because there there's something that happened. He's going to expound upon what this attitude was. He's going to amplify it for us. He says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. So you got to think, he was, he, was, 
he was the God in form of the Word in heaven. He was part of of the creative team that that created the universe along with with the with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He he was the Word, and the Word just hadn't been made flesh yet. So the Bible, Paul is telling us here that he emptied himself of all of that glory and all that splendor and all of that power, and he he could have came in as an angel. He could have came in as a king. He could have came in as a king where he has people subject to him and serving him. But he said he emptied himself and took on the form of a bond servant. Now, how many people have that attitude in themselves? No, we always look at we We think that's taking the low road. But taking the low road will put you upon a high throne. So, so you can... Then we got to get a good post. If you if you take the low road, it will place you upon a high throne. <laughs> I like that. You should write that down. <laughs> he said, but but he said, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant and made in the likeness of men, so just common man, and being found in appearance as a man. Like I said, there he goes. He, he, he's keeping the humanity alive. You know, he he could have came in the form of a servant, like as an angel, and did all what he needed to do. But he came as a man because he wanted to demonstrate to man how to do this while they were here on earth. And then, found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He, who humbled him? He humbled himself. He, he didn't ask God himself. to humble him. He said he humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Wow, you you just need to let that soak in for a moment. Mm. First of all, he he emptied himself of all of his godly attributes, all of his creative abilities that he had, came in the form of a bondservant, and been made in the likeness of men. Then he came and been found in appearance as a man, not not as a king, not as a reigning lord. He came in just a common everyday man, what we call a common everyday man, a blue collar worker, not a white collar worker. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Now, how many of us have ever just thought in our mind, you know something? I'm just going to obey God, even if this leads to my death. I mean, he still you so you got so you got to think that you know he said let this mind be in you. There was also in Christ Jesus, so that's what that's what we have to do. So you, you have to do this by practice. It's not something like say he became obedient. I mean, there, there are a lot of things that he had to experience in life and be obedient to. He didn't try to just be disobedient all his life. And then get to the point of the cross and say, okay, you know, so I'm going to obey this. That's what I came to do. It wouldn't have worked. His, his flesh wouldn't have allowed him to do it. But look at verse 9. That's what we came in here to show you about this effect of obedience, which is exaltation or promotion. It says, okay. therefore, so everything we that we just talked about, therefore also God highly exalted him. And it just exalted, he highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name which is above every 
name. Mm-hmm. And, and what we say name is, name represents purpose, authority, character, and knowledge. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear as reverence and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And then he goes on to have the more exhortations that he has and admonishments in that verse, and we're not going to talk about those. But just think about that. Because he became obedient to the point of death, and and, 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 and don't get it wrong now. As I say, don't get it twisted. He wanted to give up. And, and, and yeah. that's what we talked about before this, before this uh, broadcast began. He wanted to give up three times. He said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And on the third time, he said, nevertheless, not my will, thou will be Your done. Will. And then yeah. one version of the gospel say, and then the angels came and ministered unto him. So that's why I say it, just, you know, take on that mindset. That's the mindset that Jesus had, had one of humility, that one of putting the regarding others more important than himself, putting his own desires on the back burner, so we can live out our desires. And because he did that, they say God promoted him and gave him a name that is above every other name that's in the universe right now, except he is. Oh, yeah. He said even that to the point of his name that everybody's going to have to bow to his name eventually and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's going to be to the glory of the Father. So the Father's going to be glorified in it when you do it. So you might as well do it why you got a choice and you don't have to be com- you don't have to be forced to do it. Because everybody's going to at some point say, Jesus, Jesus, hey, he's Lord. He's the man. He's it. So do it while you got a chance. Do it your own self. You got something to run? No, uh-uh, because um, I'm just waiting on number seven because then I want to talk about what we talked about before we got started. But I think you're going to lead okay. up back into it, so. I'm good. Okay. I'm just I'm just good. <laughs> so 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 that's number six. The seventh one is of course what we like to hear is blessing. And we talked about this way about I think three weeks ago. And of course that's found in Deuteronomy twenty eight. Deuteronomy twenty eight. And these are Moses' instructions that God gave him to give to the children of Israel before they're about to go into the land of promise. Deuteronomy 28. Uh So the last effect of obedience is blessings. It's blessings? Blessings. uh Blessings. All right. Blessing. Everybody like blessing. Yeah, we and, all feel a little taller when you say it that. Set up a little straighter in our chair. 
<laughs> and 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 don't let your mind always go to money or financing when you're blessed. Exactly. Oh Lord, because that's when, not enough. When, when when God blesses you, that means that mean everything in your life will go well. Yeah. You know, if 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 money was able to do that, then we would you would, you would have people, you know, who would got all this money and drinking themselves to death and overdosing on drugs. Right. You wouldn't have people who are so, wealthy committing suicide and and exactly. you know on purpose trying to heal themselves. And then those who are just day by day over drinking, over indulging, because they're still not happy. So we know money is not not the the be all, the end all. Money is not it. No. So we we say that on many of our shows. Yeah. I know it. Okay, go ahead. I just had to. Do yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, you know, money is good. But we don't want you to just totally focus on the money because one thing I've found, especially since I've been on this faith walk doing the show, that favor is much, much better. And I truly understand why they say I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. Yes. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So do my 28. We're there. And this is like the, this is the, these are the blessings that he's speaking over. And then these actually, these are the blessings. And it's, uh, I think I've heard. I think a simplified version. I heard one man to say that it means you are empowered to prosper. Okay. Ready? Uh-huh. And it says, "Now it shall be if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all." His commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And we just talked about that. Talked about promotion right there. That's setting uh-huh. high. That means you'll be promoted over all the other nations. And nations simply mean groups of people. Don't don't think about geographical locations. It just means groups of people. And that's what and that's what uh, Israel was. Israel wasn't a physical nation. They didn't have a geographic a place where they had settled yet, they were a nation of people. And it said, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you will obey the Lord your God. And, of course, it goes on to talk about, you know, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed in the in the country and blessed. So you could be blessed in the urban areas and blessed in the suburban areas and blessed in the deep woods of the of the country, <laughs> out in the forest. Mm-hmm. It said, blessed be all of your, the offspring of your body and the producer of your ground and the offspring of your beast. And, of course, no, we don't, you know, we're very few of us are agriculturally minded. We don't even know what it even means to grow something out of the ground. Now, now we do because we did it growing up in, in Whitehaven. Uh-huh. My, parents, my parents had a garden in the backyard, and we had, man, you name it, we had it back there. So we have, right. I mean, you, they, they had onions and corn and greens and tomato and okra and cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> and all of this was in our backyard. We went a nice house backyard. So we know what it means to grow to grow things. I mean, peppers and onions. and So so I know what, it, what it's like to put 
seed in the ground and see something come up, come up and you have to cultivate it and know how it feels. So, you know, the birds out there trying to trying to eat up your eat up the stuff before it, it comes up and got to shoot them <laughs> off and you got worms out there on your tomato plants eating eating, eating up the leaves before they sprout. So you have all these enemies. We call them enemies, but they're just doing what God created them to do. <laughs> they're yeah. pests. That's why we call them pests. I ain't going to call them enemies, but they're pests. That's what they are. <laughs> so you have to go out and get all that off. So sometimes it's good to to know what it means to plant something and to see it grow. Yeah, in it the physical lies. sense. Yeah, because we talk about, you know, planting seeds in the spiritual sense. So that's just a really great um, analogy to talk about it in the sense of, you know, the physical seed that, yeah. you know, is representation of. Yeah. So so that is it. So that's, that's all seven of the effects of obedience. And and you need to take time and read down through those blessings at there. But the but the word says, uh, let me give the definition of blessing so you can have it means a benediction and, and of course we know the word benediction means to speak well. To speak blessings upon. Mm-hmm. It means prosperity. It means to be liberal. It means to be present. So he said, all these blessings are going to come over you and overtake you. It, it, it literally means all these blessings are going to come on you and just reach it. The blessings are going to reach out to you. You don't have to reach out to the blessings. They'll reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Yep, if you obey. If, if you, you obey. You be one you say, wow, where did that come from? And you did, have, you, have you ever seen somebody just walk up to you and just hand yourself and you said, wow, where did that come from? They said, oh, I, I just want to be a blessing to you and... And they go on and on and on, and you'd be like, "Wow, I didn't, I didn't realize." But, but <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually, what it does. that happened like, recently, not long ago. Yeah, that's what's done. And it does happen. Obedient at some point, somewhere, you know, and and you get rewarded because you have to know the benefits of salvation. And we all think it's you know when we die, we go live you know in heaven, we get eternal life. But I think that was one of our first or second show when we talked about the benefits, knowing your benefit package, you know, for being a Christian. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I could listen to that show again. I think that has been one of my favorite, the top five that we've done. We've done many, and I've loved them all, but I have my top ones, and that's definitely one when you just broke it down and you told us about the benefits of being a Christian. And, oh, my goodness, I was so eternally blessed. All right, so you said something earlier and okay. I think, it, yeah, it was before. Are you still doing the, because um, this, this backs up everything that you said was what you were you were basically proclaiming. Mm-hmm. Okay. About what, how you felt um, this time and, and why you're so, you know, can't wait to get up and get started and, and continue your walk because you felt like this was a time where um, the blessings were going to come to those who have been uh, diligent. Yes. They have been diligent, and that's what, uh, and I guess that I'm so glad we read the Philippians 2 scripture today. Just, mm-hmm. you know, every, what, I, what we talked about earlier, Jesus did it himself. You know, and and, that's, and, I, and I always go back to Gethsemane because I, just, I have to remind myself that Jesus was, you have to see him in his humanity, not just his deity. 
but you have to see him in his humanity. That's what that's what makes all of this possible for you today. If if you see mm-hmm. him doing this as a man and in the form of a servant, I mean someone who chooses, who serves by choice, not by force. He chose to serve. That's what a bond servant is. I mean, he served by he, he chose to serve mankind, and he learned obedience, or he became. There's one scripture that said that he 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 learned obedience by the things he suffered. That I mean, he experienced obedience by the things that he encountered. So there were always things that confronted him that gave him an opportunity to obey or to disobey. He he chose to obey. And you're always going to have that. There are those opportunities presented in front of you, just like the Bible says, I, I, I put before you life and death, blessing and a curse. And then you turn around and tell you which one you should choose. Yeah, it takes the guesswork out of it. <laughs> it, takes, it takes all the guesswork out of it. God says choose life. Not just for yeah. you, but those who are coming behind you. If you don't have children, then let it be the effect for your generation, the generation that's around you, or the generation that's coming behind you. So we we always we all have legacies that you know that 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 we should build that other people can that'll last on long after we we left here. That's that's to me that's you know that's that's the that's the marker you know of life when that when that intangible legacy is there and not just a monument that they've erected to you. They always think about your message. They think about what you did. They think about the lives that you have impacted. And and and, and that should start at home. Should start at home and then work its way out and abroad. Mm-hmm. So make sure you build that legacy at home. Make sure that, that, that people around you, those who are close to you, what we, what we call our, your immediate family, those people are able to receive from you and to talk about you to their children and 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 their grandchildren if if that if that need you know if that time arises you know Jesus delays is coming so it's, it's it's a lot we have to do and you know the opportunity to give up is always there I even went is you know and I can I'm just giving you a teaser now but there's a you know there's a book we're working on now which talks about uh, the experience that that I went through uh, back in 2004, and that was almost almost 10 years ago. For I was doing everything right, and that overwhelming sense hit me. Or you know, wow, if, if this all Christianity has to offer, then it's not even worth me continuing. So so we all get there, and and I wasn't living a sin. I wasn't even. I was living. Uh, a straight and narrow life at the time, this kind. But guess what? It was exactly where God needed me. He needed me at that point in my life. He needed me to be there and experience that. And I know mm. most people so 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 all the doctrine out there to saying if if you get saved and you don't have to worry again, you don't have to cry no more and everything's gonna be hunted during everything <laughs> that you do is gonna burn the gold and and that's one aspect of it. <laughs> that is that's that's one. That's only one aspect. 
yeah, that's not the totality of it because that, that's where we no. mess up. Where we 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 allow people to think that, or we say that to people that once you become saved, then your life is just brand new. Meaning, there's no more crying, there's no more lack, there's no more. No, that's that's not what it. <laughs> that's not like that's not how it happens. You have your care. I can I can promise you, you don't. I can promise you, you don't have all that and more. Because yeah. it's, it's just a, it's just a natural course of life that that God put in the earth, and if, if Jesus went through those times where people are seeking to kill him, people are literally seeking to kill Jesus for nothing, not not on the the uh, the, the Via Dolorosa. No, they were trying to kill him when he first started his ministry. He came out and said, you know, today the scriptures appear in your ears. We're talking about you know he's come to set the captive free and you no know, preach deliverance and captive. You know, deliver to the captive, and said they tried to take him out to the edge of the city and throw him off a cliff. But he passed mm. through the midst of them. So, so, so he's he's been through it all. He's he he was under the threat of death a whole lot. That's why, if you look at John seven, he didn't want to go up there during the feast time because they were seeking to steal, were seeking to kill him then. But he eventually showed up. So is so you you have to get in there and study the scripture and see what he did and see him in his humanity. If you see him in his humanity, it will it will make your Christian walk so much easier. Because you in the back of your mind, if you don't see him in his full humanity when he came to the earth, then you will always have that excuse in the back of your mind that well, well you know that was Jesus. He could do that, but he only did that because he had the assistance of his father that told him what to do, what to say, and what to do. And that's what the Holy Spirit is nudging us in our lives to do. He's, he wants to, he's taking that place that Jesus once had. Jesus, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you another comforter, another paraclete, another protege who's going to be there beside you, and he's going to guide you into all truth. Mm. So, so if you want to know the truth of a matter, then... Who should you be listening to? You should be listening to God in the form of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus sent from the Father to assist us in our daily journey while we're still here. And when we've talked about that once before, don't just don't just don't just relegate him to goosebumps and, and chills and, and dancing <laughs> and shouting. That's that's you know, that's that's a very small minute part of it. But his function is to assist you in walking in life victoriously. So take advantage of what what Jesus died for. And one of the things he died for was for us to have eternal life, and that eternal life is now on the inside of us in the form of the Holy Spirit who sit in their own goal to tell you what you need to do in life, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, Go this way today. Eat this today. Don't eat this today. It's, I mean, it's, he's there. It's, it seems minor, but you have to start out with the small, minor things. We all want to do this big and grand thing for God, <laughs> and 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 all all he got to do. It's a word to you right now. Could be say, just stop lying. You know, that's that's a start. <laughs> and how do you that's stop lying? Yeah. And how do you stop lying? You just start telling the truth. Exactly. So you don't have to stop lying, you start telling the truth all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so if so if 
like as I said before, see Christianity is not a religion to practice, but it's a lifestyle to live. And man, it would and and it it would change you. It would change your outlook on this whole thing. It was so I like that. See, yeah, see his humanity. Because then you can you can better understand, you know, the suffering and how yes. he really did become was knew no sin and became sin. And how he walked yes. like he did, and he yes. didn't use his deity. He never used it. <laughs> you know, even when he was being tempted, in the, you know, by Satan. Yes. You know, so he always came back. He he always came back with. The word he attacked every temptation with what? The word. God's word. Yeah. Came back with that word. So you need to in the while things are going smooth, you need to be packing that word in your belly. And that way when things are in your heart in abundance, that's all the word belly means just your heart. Because what's in you in abundance comes out under pressure. Mm-hmm. So so when the pressures of life come, you know, and those times like that hit, and you 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 now immediately speaking that word instead of I tell you oh. instead of cursing and running and hiding and and shaking your fist in the face of God and saying why you allowed it to happen to me and this Christianity is a joke. I mean, you, and some people they don't they say it with their mouth, but their actions. Say a lot. Mm. So just just hang in there, and as I say, my simple equation—if you do it God's way, it's going to get God's result. God's reward. God's result. God's reward. Yeah. It 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 seems so. And every time I say it, it's it's just sounds so simple, (laughs) and it is. (laughs) And it is, and, and that's why you say he just uses those simple things. We we call he's the scripture says foolish thing, but he uses the simple things to just put out our own earthly wisdom to shame. Because I mean, I know there's some listeners out there now thinking they went through something and God told them to do something, and they finally obeyed it. And they saw the result of it and said, man, if I had did this 10 years ago, I wouldn't have to encounter it. And as you do a long laundry list of things that you, that you have now encountered if you had just did it 10 years ago. <laughs> wow. That, but do you think um... – is, do you think that's a factual statement? Because I I hear people say that too, but I'm I'm of the mindset that everything is divinely ordered. That God already knew I was going to respond that way. So it's not like had I did the show like when I got out of college or something, or you know, would it have made any difference? Would I be further along, um, you know, ranked and nationally syndicated had I started earlier? I believe, now I know there are some things that God tells us to do and that we don't do the right thing and we kind of delay it. And so we don't get those uh, immediate gratifications of having immediate obedience and those results. But I think that things happen when they're supposed to happen, that God already knew you weren't going to do that. So it was no surprise to him. Well, no, no, so, no surprise to him, but, but, but God always expects us to obey. Uh, you know, it's almost like having that, 
quote unquote hard headed child. You you know he gonna be I'm you know I'm I'm determined to do this and I know he gonna fight me the whole way. But but I say at this time he better do it and he better do it when I say do it. Even even though his his past experience <laughs> has said has shown demonstrated that you know he wants to put up some resistance. Well, we know God, like that God knows your heart, but God expects us to obey when he gives a command. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Adam, when when he planted that tree in in uh, in the Garden of Garden of Eden and told showed him one that he could eat from and the one he could not eat from, he knew what he was facing because he had given man a will. He, he created a man in his image and his likeness, and that meant that he created man to make choices and also to have creative, creative abilities with his words. So, so when so, so just say, like the children of Israel. I like to use this example. The Word of God says that that He led them around the wilderness to prove to them what was in their heart. He was always getting them to want them to see themselves. He, he knew what they were. But until you identify who you really are and and, and and confront that person in the mirror, then then you're going to be doing the same thing, always going in circles. Something that should have taken you 20 minutes to get done has now taken you 15 years and still hasn't been accomplished yet. Doesn't mean that God's going to let up. And say, well, you know, no, nah, I want you to, no, nah, y'all ain't got to do this. No, but at some point, all of those old heads, as I say, all of those old mindsets and customs and traditions that they picked up uh, while they were in Egypt, they were spoiled because they, had, they, they, they ate well and they were treated well, even though they were slaves, even though they were in bondage. They never could get that out of their psyche. So he allowed that entire generation that was from there to die out in the wilderness. And a whole new generation that only knew the ways of God through their parents. They also knew rebellion based on what they told their parents to, but they also knew the ways of God because their parents had to teach it to them as a, as a memorial. They, they also knew what their parents encountered in Egypt because it was something that they had to do every year and tell them what they encountered as slaves there. But they decided, they were the generation that decided that, you know something, we can do this. You know, they didn't, they didn't complain when when they sent out the 12 spies and two spies came back with good reporting and another 10 just... And that was the last straw, God's way. You know something? You, you, you know your carcasses got to die in the wilderness. They wanted to repent, but he knew that he had he had been through with them so many times. So they they eventually died off, and this generation that was willing to obey God, and this is the generation that Moses is now talking to before they going into the land of promise. And they go in there and they do it. And they fight with Joshua and Caleb. And they go in there and they, and they possess those lands. They have to fight. That's a war. The one laid out for them, you have to drive the enemy out of the land. You have to possess that land. He didn't just lay it in your lap and say, okay, here it is. 
Mm-hmm. He could be married. No, he he made them possess it with their blood spitting their tears. That way, when they got it, they appreciate it. So God is not um, this big sugar daddy or this big Santa Claus and up there just going to lavish things upon you because you're a child. <laughs> That's no, right. And he, no, he's he's going to allow you to experience life and survive just like every other human being they created. He he created. But you please, and I and I've given you the seven effects of obedience. That's that should be enough for you to chew on for the next fifteen years. <laughs> and increasing faith, pleasing to God, friendship, Him revealing Himself to you. In his word and also in his word written, spoken, and revealed, you experience his righteousness. You experience his exaltation and promotion. And last and not least of all, you experience his blessing. So, you know, that's, that's that on this particular topic, you know, the effects of obedience. Next week we will deal with the last segment of this obedience segment of the discipleship study course and it talks about the expedience or the expediency of obedience. Yeah. I like to say expedience because it rhymes with obedience. The expedience <laughs> of obedience. <laughs> See that that's you know, I've been rushing that one for um ever since we started it. I think I've I misquoted something last Tuesday. You're like, Loretta, you need to change this. You didn't say this right. I'm like, okay, just just Say it on Facebook, because that's why I wrote it. I don't mind correction, and I'm, I'm rushing it, but I can't. Okay, the obedience of obedience. No, but no, it, it is. It is. I mean, the the, the 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 correct grammatical way is expediency of obedience. But you know, you know, we gotta make it rhyme. We gotta, we gotta be like, yeah, we gotta, talk with it. We gotta rhyme. We can, we can take that liberty. <laughs> Because we we're not taking away from it, we just you know making it wrong. It still means the same. It because it doesn't sound it. right. It doesn't sound right saying the expediency of obediency. <laughs> so I had to I, so I had to I had to trim it down. All right, I, you know, like I said, I, I've been trying to rush that conversation for the longest, and that's where you know we balance each other again. You're like, no, not yet, Loretta. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm like pulling you forward sometimes. You have to slow me down. So it's like our yin and yang. That's why we balance each other. That's why. I oh yeah, we're well, definitely. So awesome. I mean, I mean, literally from day one. From day one. From day one. Literally. I know. It was like almost an accident waiting to happen when we first met. It was so funny. Yeah. We have to share that well, again. Was, but... it was just, it must be crazy. And I was thinking, say he must be crazy if he thinks I'm going to hear all this. See all this talent and this giftedness that he has and just allow him to be the same. Like, I never walked in this door because I know my gift is to push, push, push. You got to do this. You should do this. Come on. We're waiting. The world needs you. And yours is, you know what, in, in time, in perfect timing, Loretta, when, you know, like, oh, and, no, 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 and, no. And, 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 and I did, like I said, I was, I was obedient, but I was obedient in my own time. So, <laughs> no, you have to be obedient when God tells you to be obedient. You know, I would have to. I had to I had to analyze some things. I had to I had to do some research and some study to make sure that I didn't I didn't screw this up. And I had to learn to just chill out and just obey. 
Yeah, and thus a great friendship evolved. <laughs> and it's been the same ever since. Me pulling, you say, slow down. We got to do this right. If we're going to do it right, we got to slow down and make sure we cross our T's right. and dot our I's. <laughs> That's right. Mine is, I ask for forgiveness. You know, look, we're going to do it with permission. We're going to do it right. And so that has really helped me too, though. It has really brought so much so it's more out of balance. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's a good value. But some people need to slow down and some people need to be speed up. And that's, <laughs> and that's, and that's where the balance comes in. That's where the and, balance comes in. So let's talk about um, Discipleship International because, you know, Discipleship International is our main sponsor for um, when Red McNair presents Tuesdays with Michael. And I want to issue the invitation to people to contact you to help um, so that you can help them with their own personal individual personal walk um, as it relates to spirituality and, and just getting their lives to be greater? Well, the Discipleship International is a ministry that that God uh, instructed me to start uh, literally in 2002. But there was a ministry program that I wanted to complete, and I said, well, Lord, as soon as I finish this program, I would do it. And he said, okay. And I was actually shocked he said, okay. So once I finished it in 2006, he said, now do, go do what I told you to do. So I started the Discipleship uh, the International, and, and as Loretta, we were just joking about, uh, Loretta was very instrumental in that to the point I actually be on my board. And uh, when they did all what needed to be done, and the theme of the ministry is exalting the word, written, spoken, and revealed. And our tagline is relevant ministry, relevant times. Because I'm a firm believer that if it's not relevant, then it can be applied. So I, I like to, that's why that's why I like the one-on-one concept. You know, I I don't mind sitting down with one person and and as I say, doing that assessment of where they are and asking what their goals are and determining where they want to be, and I'm there to help them get there. That's that's one aspect of what we do. Um, we also do uh, personal spiritual development, whether it deals with just by every realm of life, you know, finances, relationships, you know, your thought life, you know, emotions. All those things are real. We also are here to facilitate home or church-based Bible studies, I'm also available to uh, speak or to facilitate conferences, workshops, and seminars. Um, so, so that that's, that's is what those are all the services that we offer. Uh, there are some more that we get involved with. We can talk about those at a later time. But uh, let 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 me read you our um, our uh, mission statement, and it says: The Fellowship International is a ministry that believes every Christian is entitled to become disciples, which is scholars and students of biblical doctrine and principles according to Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Unfortunately, this cannot be accomplished solely during traditional weekend or midweek church services. We are a supplement to, not a substitute for, traditional church attendance and are committed to teaching God's people the Bible by precept and Example. So I intentionally practice what I preach. I, I, if someone called me a hypocrite, it would it would cut me to my core. Especially if it was true. 
uh, if it's faulting, I didn't it'll just roll off my back. But so I've I've always purposefully and intentionally, you know, practice what I preach. If I know I can't, I'm not practicing it, then I don't preach it. So, <laughs> and if I and if I, if I can't preach it, then that's an indictment on me. Then I need to get to a point where I can preach everything because one of my calls as a minister is to be instant in season and out of season. So God says, I want you to go in there and, and teach on. Uh, finances, and down look at my finances, they all shattered, then, you know, I, I can't do it with confidence. I can't do it you know, with a, a degree of anointing that can destroy yokes in your life when I'm in, when I'm in bondage. So, 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 so that's what we are all about here at Discipleship International. Uh, so you can always come out and enjoy, you know, verse-by-verse Bible study. Uh, we have open and lively topical discussions. We have question-and-answer sessions. We also provide you practical application of scripture principles, and other and and most of all, we have warm fellowship with other saints. That spirit of koinonia, which God expects us to experience every time we come together, is that spirit of fellowship—not just getting together, but uh, sharpening one another, as the, as the scripture tells us. You know, as iron sharpens iron, so does one brother's countenance. So, so, so those are the kind of things we're about. I'm all about talking about the love of Jesus, and His love always dictates to us what we need. So, sometimes what we need is not what we want. So you have to just sit back and say, "Okay, Lord, let's let's do this." And we're seeing results. We get testimonies about deliverances and freedom and victory and in areas of life and and sometimes as, as a minister you don't see those immediate results so it's, so it's kind of gets frustrating but it's nothing like when they come back a couple of years later and say man what you taught me this is now what i'm experiencing so there's there's no greater joy than knowing that you obey god's word and you uh you effectuate change in somebody's life so that's it in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and I and I have been a client, and I've just been, you know, not always in a formal setting with you, but just to, just to glean some of the things that I hear you say, and I watch you. So I've I've definitely have um, been one of those inspired and and just made better and to have my eyes open on some things that I need to work on. So I'm, so I'm just very, very happy and proud of Discipleship International and what God is doing through that magnificent organization. And they can email you for more information at gloriaapp at aol.com. AOL.com, yeah. And they can find you on Facebook. And I am in email all day long, literally. So if you send me an email, I would get it, and I will. I certainly will respond to you. And normally, how to do it the same day. Yeah, you're real good at that, and I, I'm working on it. I used to be better, but then the e- emails start increasing, and, and now I have to ask for grace when it comes to that. But I always <laughs> do respond. <laughs> Maybe not within 24 hours anymore because that number multiplies, especially because of social media. So, um, Michael, thank you so much for. Um, this word, man, and the inspiration and encouragement, and then the teaching and the revealed word today. I really appreciate it. Can't wait till next week. Um, the obedient fee of obedient fee. 
because I've been trying to get that immediate obedience conversation started for weeks now, but we will have that conversation next Tuesday. Invite your family and friends to be here with us. It's a live conversation, so you can use that phone number to call in or you can continue to listen. Either way, um, help us out, and hopefully you are you're fed and you're full and then you hunger for more. So, Michael, with that said, I want to encourage everybody to have a beautiful, terrific, faith-filled Tuesday. Until next time. Be blessed. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.